0: Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices. But we'll also unpack the why, so we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Buongiorno a tutti. I'm back with Robert Kampanov, and he's going to talk to us today about some Italian christmas traditions and you know maybe even explore some that are that are the real thing and some that are maybe have been sort of misrepresented Buonasera, robert how are you
1: Buonasera, rick Tutto bene i'm doing well and yourself
0: I'm doing great. Getting ready for the holidays here. We're, we're speaking in uh, December of 2022, and uh, we got a couple weeks still before the holidays start. But we want to, you know, talk about it and prepare ourselves and, and our listeners for, you know, what to expect coming up these next few weeks with regards to Italian Christmas traditions. So, um, I think what I'd like to do is just, you know, maybe you can give me your experience of living in Italy and and what was the what was just sort of the environment of that uh, as compared to what we do in the U.S. with regards to you know, well, we can talk about commercialism or, you know, just sort of the decorations and all that, but uh, just kind of give me your general feel about that.
1: Okay. Um, well, uh, living in Italy for a year, um, I, I, there were many differences. Um, I, I don't want to say that the holiday wasn't, at, it was, it was of course a big deal, but not as many lights, not as many uh, decorations, um, definitely good food, definitely a lot of food Um Panettone Pandoro everywhere, yep. uh, um, which is the first thing that always comes to my mind because I'm a food guy. So I'm always thinking along along uh, the food terms. Um, uh, but going back to uh, the decorations, I you know, people had trees, of course. Um, and uh, the big thing was the presepe or the, uh, mm-hmm. the nativity scene was a, was a must really everywhere. I remember um, there's a place near the lake, I think it's near Lake Maggiore, um, where they have this big giant precipice. It's, uh, it's around all year and people go visit it. I forget the exact town near Lake Maggiore, um, but uh, I remember visiting that. It was beautiful. So of course there are lights, uh, lights outside, um, and it looks really nice when it's uh, in, in contrast with like the old cities, you know, the historical centers. So when it, when it gets dark and the lights go on, it looks beautiful. It's true. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's more of, I would say more of a religious holiday and of course it is here as well, but I believe, I feel like in the United States, it's kind of become, you know, a little commercial commercialized and Especially commercialized, in
0: and, yeah, there's a, there's a more emphasis on you know sort of retail and less on you know sort of the food and and family time. I mean, well, like you say, we still do it. I just think the proportions are different. I mean, um, of course, you know they still have a little bit of consumerism, but you know we, I mean, it's just sort of a, a, a I guess, an opposite sort of uh, proportion on that. But um, right, yeah, I mean. The presepi are always great. A lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, churches will have them in the in the piazza or, um, you know, I know in Rome, there was this museum of presepi. where you could see these little, um, you know, nativity scenes, like you said, and uh, that they seem to be everywhere. Yes,
1: absolutely. Because, you know, they 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 tend to focus more on the religious side of uh of Christmas
0: hmm well, um, so we started talking about the food a little bit and and, and I know you were gonna tell us a little bit about some of the the food traditions specifically the the Pandoro and the panatone and yes. uh, why, don't, why don't you fill us in on that and where, where do those sure. come from and you know how do they fit into Christmas?
1: Sure. Of course, panettone. I mean, you've lived in Italy. It's <laughs> yeah. the season. Everybody either you're either giving them or getting them yes, as gifts. Both. Yeah. And, um, as I say now, this time period, panettone will be my breakfast for the next month or two. <laughs> so, yeah. which yeah. I don't mind. I love it. I love it. So, um, so they have two specific um, histories, I should say. Uh, panettone has more of a legend. Um, I did a video recently on uh, Stop Italian Sounding on you know, TikTok and Instagram. And I got a lot of feedback, especially on Instagram with the Panettone legend. So um, it basically started in the, uh, the Renaissance time with the, in Milan, in the city of Milan with the, um, the Duke of Milan, Ludovico Sforza. And of course he was throwing a very uh, high-end party having a dinner on Christmas Eve. And uh, the helper of his uh, head chef, Uh, was supposed to prepare a dessert i I believe he was supposed to prepare a uh chambelle which i guess we would call them donuts right um, but they're slightly different anyway uh this helper by the name of tony um messed up the dessert he burned it and he's like oh crap now i have to i have to figure out what am i going to serve these people this is a duke of Milan with all all his guests what am i going to serve them so (laughs) he took the leftover dough that he had prepared for the for the um for the chambelle and he threw in uh, all the other ingredients that he had left over. Um, so, like, uh, um, I'm thinking of uh, uvete, so raisins, uh, right. candied fruits, uh, so on and <clears throat> so forth. And then he made the quote-unquote uh, pan de Tony, so bread of oh, Tony.
0: Okay. And
1: it became a hit uh, over the next few days. And, of course, was was known as, oh, pan de bread of Tony because Tony made it and then eventually turned into panettone. Okay. Now, that's just a legend. Um, we don't know if that's actually one hundred percent accurate. So that that's one of the uh, the uh, the things that people uh, tell the one of the stories that is told about panettone.
0: Okay, because I always just assumed it was sort of the superlative of pane, like panino was a little pan, little bread, and panettone was like a big bread, or I don't know. That
1: that's also another, um, I guess, more of the realistic side of things. Um, and if you do a, a Google search, you'll see you'll see both. So yeah. pane, panet. Panetto, meaning small bread, but then right. when you end one at the end, it's like a small big bread. So, <laughs>
0: right.
1: um, but Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's great. I love it. it's a great dessert. I love it.
0: No, it is. I mean, it's and and like you say, you can you can actually get those in the U.S. now, and they're they're fairly authentic, aren't they? Yeah. So uh,
1: I'm lucky enough in my area here up in New Jersey. Um, really, in any supermarket, I could find panettone. It has almost become, I want to say, an international dessert at this point. Um, and most of that all of the ones that I have found are actually 100% product of Italy. so that's a good thing. I haven't really found any Italian sounding panettoni, uh, which is great. And another interesting fact is, is that um, a lot of people now, or I should say a lot of people but you know uh, bakers now are starting to make their own artisanal panettoni. Oh. So like uh, you know panettoni artigianali as you know they would say in Italian, right? Which which is uh, pretty po- which are also pretty popular in Italy. I've never tried them here, um, the artisanal uh, panettoni. But um, I'm assuming that they would use Italian raw materials, possibly, or when possible, mm-hmm. um, and that they would be quite quite good as well.
0: So that would be like the what the doppio zero uh, farina or what would yeah, be some of the-
1: probably. I'm not too sure when it comes to the actual recipe of the panettone. Yeah, but. Um I I would assume, you know, when when possible. I know it's not always right. possible to use, you know, raw materials that are right. specifically sourced from Italy.
0: So then if, if we're talking about Panettone, the other one we were gonna mention was the, the Pandoro. Uh yeah. wh- where does that come from? Pandoro.
1: So Pandoro is kind of like the rival of Panettone.
0: You either you know love
1: panettone and just like Pandoro or love Pandoro and just like Panettone. Right. Um but Pandoro, um so the another quote unquote legend or history, would be that uh, again, in the Middle Ages, uh, I think in the 15th century for the Pandoro, um, when um, uh, uh, pastry chefs would uh, line their 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 bread or their, their goods that they would serve at these big parties with gold, um, sprinkle with gold or put like gold uh, lining over it and then serve it and would be called, of course, Pan de Oro, so bread of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, that Tradition spread from Venice to Verona, so still in the region of Veneto. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you were to fast forward to uh, the 18th century, um, when the kingdom of Italy granted a three-year, I think it was a three-year license to a local bakery or pastry chef by the name of Domenico Melegatti. um, And they asked him to make um, pandoro, pane de oro. Um, He created it not lining it with gold at that time and then ended up trademarking it and uh and it just kind of became uh you know very famous since then so it it goes back to the 15th century and the lining of the gold the pan okay. De
0: oro okay now what is what is this one like as far as the bread itself or the or the dessert itself i mean when you compare so, it to panettone because panettone is kind of like sponge cake almost isn't it or a, yeah uh, i mean yeah. that's that's probably not a great comparison but i mean compared to pandoro how, how are they different
1: panettone is less sweet um yeah. panettone has the candied fruits has the the raisins if we're talking about tr- the traditional you know milanese panettone um whereas the pandoro is 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 just it's more plain but sweeter mm-hmm. and of course you put the um the sugar on top the uh, powdered sugar and then you shake it uh, so instead of gold we put powdered sugar <laughs> right <laughs> um, um yeah not so quite as valuable, so but you have a sweet tooth
0: is it, is it a little denser, though, in the Panettone, I guess is what I'm asking? Um, it,
1: yes, it is. Um, I'm not a big Pandoro fan. Yeah. I don't eat it much. I'm um, the same as you. I, a- I,
0: I love the Panettone. I kind of tolerate the Pandoro. I mean, I mean, I eat yeah. it. I mean, it's fine. I like it. But it's it's I not mean, it's like I go looking for... for it. Yeah. No, no, no. Me, me neither.
1: And we could find them, no problem, at least by me here up in North Jersey or New Jersey. Yeah. Um, We're able to find it, uh, no problem.
0: Mm-hmm okay um well what other uh you know kind of christmas traditions can we talk about either that you know that are from italy or or you know maybe that that are you know also here in the u.s i mean um i know we were going to talk about the feast of the seven fishes but before we get to that i mean is there anything else we can touch on with regards to i guess food and, and italian christmas traditions
1: well when it comes to food definitely the torrone so yeah. the uh the uh I, I wouldn't even know how to I guess, translate it in English, but uh, it's very is, hard. Is it like you know. a nougat almost? Yeah, or? a nougat. I was going to say, yeah, like a nougat. Um, I, I'm. It's quite easy to find those as well. Yeah. Um, those are always, you know, you, you never go to a party empty-handed, so you're either bringing a panettone pandoro, or the torroni.
0: Yeah. Uh, or my, all three. My grandparents used to have those around the house all the time, wrapped up, you know, like in a little, I don't know, foil or something. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. little yeah,
1: pieces of little, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sometimes even... Um, with chocolate on top you could yeah. find them yeah which are so good mm-hmm. um another thing that uh that we do you know we have our, our, our christmas meal uh and then uh we have the amazza cafe after sure uh you know the coffee with a uh, little uh, liquor in
0: it the coffee killer yeah, i mean coffee
1: the... killer there we go coffee yeah. killer
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah that's never uh, missing it's always there yeah. Right. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think back my own, my own holidays. Uh, you know, when my, my grandparents, and my great grandmother was still alive and she would make the holiday dinners. I'm just trying to think, I'm, I don't want to confuse it with Easter because that was always um, a, a big thing too. And I'm just trying to remember what the, what some of the holiday dishes were that she made at Christmas well, time.
1: Well, yeah, when it comes to Italy, I mean, you know, since you've lived there uh, every region, every town, they do something different. So I right. mean, if you tell somebody from the North, Oh, we do this, they, it's very possible. They've never heard of that. Right. You know? Right. Um, so, uh, and the same thing you say in the South, something about the North, they don't know. Right. Um, right. but when it comes to Christmas Eve, at least the fish tends to be present in on, on most tables around Italy.
0: Okay, well, let's go there with that then. I mean, you know, first of all, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the seven fishes, but uh, story, but why, you know, why fish at all? I mean, why seafood at all? Oh,
1: uh, well, that's a good question. So, I mean, everything, like we said in the beginning of the episode, goes back to the, um, to the Catholic uh, religion, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, through traditions that were, you know, ancient. And uh, if we go back to the the fact that it was custom for Catholics to uh, to not eat meat or any products, uh, meat type products, um, on the eve of certain holidays. Of course, Christmas was uh was not excluded from that list. So it goes back to the fact that people wouldn't eat meat,
0: okay, uh,
1: and therefore they had they had fish, okay. And so, and, um, yeah, go ahead. Yep. So um, yeah, so that's the reason why I mean most Italians have fish on Christmas Eve. Um, now, in the Italian American culture, we tend to to really focus much on the seven fishes which um when you ask an Italian hey do you do the seven fishes they're like what are you talking about I've never heard of the seven fish tradition like we have fish (laughs) but it doesn't have to be it could be two you know it could be more than seven we just eat fish (laughs) right um
0: yeah I asked my my my, um my Sicilian um mother-in-law my ex-mother-in-law she's when we were in Sicily one year for Christmas Eve and, and um she had a bunch of, you know, bringing out all these, you know, seafood dishes, and I, I finally asked her. I said, "You know, is this the, the 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 feast of the seven fishes?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, so, you know, just... and I started going into trying to trying to explain it to her. Of course, you know, my Italian's not great, and she's, you right, know. Right, right. And so she finally says, uh, well, let me see. One, two, three, four, five. She goes, there's six of them. Make up whatever story you want. <laughs> yeah, oh, always. <exactly. laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Just make up whatever story you want to go along with that, you
1: know. That's funny. That's but, funny. Yeah. And, of course, you have, you know, like appetizers, first course, second course. Right. You have it all. Oh, my God. I mean, I just get hungry talking about this stuff, really, because I love fish. I don't all know right. Well, well go, see- go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah,
0: I, I put the brakes on that a little bit. Go follow no, through no, on no, that, the story.
1: No, no, no. That's fine. So. Um, it all stems from, of course, you know the uh, the thousands and thousands, not millions of Italian immigrants, especially from southern Italy that that came to the United States and being from southern Italy, they tend to be a little more uh, traditional and religious. so they brought this at the time. Um, you know, after the Second World War, they brought this uh, this tradition of, of fish. So anyway, the, why seven? People ask, um, and it has to do with the Bible. The fact that the number seven uh, was repeated more than seven hundred times in the Bible, and then of course, if you think about the Catholic Church, the seven sacraments, the seven days of the creation, mm-hmm. seven, the seven sins. So seven is really present, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's 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 believed that it's for that reason. Uh, that seven fishes are specifically eaten on uh, on the uh the uh christmas eve um so i wouldn't call the feast of the seven fishes an italian sounding uh uh tradition i would just call it like a an italian tradition that was stopped in time you know so uh it it may even be more italian than what they do today believe it or not even though i probably wouldn't say that to an italian (laughs) um so that's most likely the reason uh why you know why number seven is uh is a uh, present when it comes to a fish on uh, on Christmas Eve.
0: Okay. I like it. Yeah, I mean do you did your family do it?
1: Yeah, we typically do seven fishes. Um I mean a few years we we haven't we, we didn't count a few years. I mean we had more than seven fish. So uh you know, like uh your calamari, fry calamari or bacalao, or right. you know, um Clams, uh, spaghetti alle vongole. Yeah, wow. Uh, so, yeah, so um, so on and so forth. So, would you, uh, would, you, would you
0: would you bring out the pasta dishes first, like the spaghetti alle vongole, and then later you would bring pa- out the the more substantial second course type of dishes, or it, was it, it all at once?
1: Exactly. No. Well, typically in a traditional setting, we would bring out, you know, we always have some appetizers, then pasta, uh, and then uh, some fish after. After that, but then the problem is, but because I love pasta, so by the time we get to the second course, I don't have any room for that because I, right. I always go for a second helping when it comes to pasta.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. I do too. Um, so yeah. okay. So there are with, within the seven fish tradition. I mean, there there aren't any specific ones that are that are typically named as being included or it, it's every family is different and, and i would say most family get, yeah
1: i mean basically what i hear mainly is bacala so cod mm-hmm. dried cod right um i personally have never made it um i've only eaten it um there's that there's of course spaghetti, alle vangole, so spaghetti with um uh, with clams uh or mus- yeah clams um and another thing that i really like that i had one year was the um the uh the, the cuttlefish the pasta with the cuttlefish
0: ink? Yeah, the black ink uh, pasta. The black yeah, ink. yeah, the black pasta. Yeah, and then you yeah, had little that... little
1: chunks of uh, either calamari or or cuttlefish. Right. Uh, so good.
0: Right. Have I remember had... my my great grandmother. I heard stories of this. I think I was too young, but my my dad would tell me that she would always well, I don't know if always, but there were times when there was a, a big eel that was brought mm. in and, and she wouldn't touch the thing. So my great grandfather had to, had to clean it in four and cut it up. Mm. And eventually she'd cook it, but she refused to like, you know, peel the skin off of, or whatever you have to do <laughs> to <laughs> an eel to clean it and clean it. But I, I remember, That's you funny. know, yeah, just whatever they could, whatever they could get, a, I mean, back then, I mean, you know, whatever they could get a hold of at the fish market, it wasn't really, oh, yeah. you know, you didn't always have a choice. It's like, well, this this isn't available today or this looks more fresh than that one. So we're going to take the fresh one and, and, you know, go from there. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And and that's kind of what it has become today. um, Especially in the Italian American culture, it's become, Hey, what can I get? You know, at the supermarket, we try and, you know, make the traditional things, but we ultimately we get what's available, you know, when it comes to fish. Right. So, you know, shrimp, like I said, calamari um, uh, clams, so on and so forth uh so basically whatever whatever is available mm-hmm. but it's funny because in the north they're not big pasta people and it was so hard for me in the north of Italy I should say they're not big pasta eaters mm-hmm. um they prefer more polente. rice
0: oh yeah rice right yeah
1: polenta and also rice like right. risotto right in so many different ways which is delicious I love that as well but it was so hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that some people just don't like I wouldn't say don't like it but just prefer not to eat it right you
0: know Right. And yeah, then have its own Italian. Yeah. yeah, and in Sicily, sometimes you'll see couscous instead of pasta yeah. which is, you know, yeah. But um I that's mean they crazy. they, yeah, they still crazy. eat pasta but I mean you they also you love couscous. But I remember in Rome there was a restaurant, a couscous restaurant that's all they served. You had you had a choice of either the vegetarian or the non-vegetarian and you had a choice of red wine or white wine and those only two options on the menu. They didn't you have, they didn't have a menu. You just the guy told you, well, you know, you want the the, the meat or vegetarian, white or red wine and that was it.
1: You're right. And, and know, one also- price and you're on your way. That's it and there you go and you eat and you eat a great meal too oh yeah it was awesome it's hard to find a bad meal (laughs) yeah yeah well there's another thing wine is never missing as well true and when it comes to christmas eve at least for us white because it's all fish but then again i guess it comes down to whatever your personal preference is
0: mm-hmm yeah no I, th- I think you're right i think generally you're gonna have a you know a white wine with that but uh you know people do drink lighter reds like a, a Pinot noir type of thing but i mean i don't know what the italian equivalent of that would be but um uh then, then on new year's eve i mean new year's eve you're gonna have something maybe we'll have another talk about that but um you know you're gonna probably have some uh, spumante or um... spumante.
1: absolutely anything that's gonna pop
0: spumante or prosecco, prosecco or... even exactly yeah. yeah uh spumante is a little sweeter i think if i'm not wrong But uh, yeah or there's pr- different asti... types of spumante or that one's sweeter than the other but
1: so I asti... so i think you're referring to asti spumante right asti spumante is the sweeter one prosecco tends to be dry okay. but believe it or not asti spumante and prosecco are both considered spumante if that mm-hmm. makes sense spumante meaning like a bubbly uh-huh. type of of wine um Asti Spumanti just, I guess, decided to protect the name Asti Spumanti together. You know, because it's from the typically... Asti re-
0: or the Asti region of, of uh, what is that? Piemonte, Lombard? Oh, Piemonte, Piemonte, right? Piemonte. Right. Yes,
1: yeah. that's the uh, region of, uh, I'm sorry, Asti province of uh, Piemonte. Um, so they they kind of protected Asti Spumanti there. But colloquially speaking, when people say Spumante, they refer to Asti Spumante, right? Um, and then you have the other side, which would be Prosecco, much more dry um well, maybe, but...
0: yeah yeah well then let's just get into that then i mean um a little bit too then the, the, so the new year's eve celebration i mean uh, uh, do you ever heard this tradition about when they eat the um uh, the what was the, the the zampe the pork the pork hooves stuffed with something yeah. sausage and
1: yeah 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 it's on the I, I, is that co- but i mean yes Cotacchino, that's right you yeah. i've had that one time when i was out Believe it or not, not in Italy, but in the United States. We were wow. celebrating. Yeah, we were celebrating uh, New Year's Eve at an Italian bar in Philadelphia. Oh, and, man. Um, yeah, you know, they were doing the countdown. Everybody was, you know, having fun, whatever. And then they, they brought out everybody that was in the bar. They brought out lentils with lentils. the yeah. yeah, a little dish of lentils and the corticchio. was great
0: right I like still quite remember the it, like, it's like a it's like a big it's just a pork bomb i mean to to eat that like at midnight and then yeah know, try, try to sleep that one off you know no it's exactly
1: like... well you better go uh, go party a little more and burn yeah. it yeah <laughs> yeah
0: definitely definitely yeah there's a lot of lot of fun food traditions so the the lentils i if i recall are supposed to represent good fortune or money or yes. coins or something or uh, the, so you're mm-hmm. supposed to eat more of them to be wealthier in the new year something like yes. that yes
1: Yes exactly.
0: Yeah. Um yeah it's supposed
1: to represent you know good fortune supposed to mimic the little coins of of money um mm-hmm. to uh, to bring you good luck in the new year. That's <laughs> I, I heard the same thing as well. So I keep eating them to make
0: Yeah. Make no, sure I have after, good luck in... After that kodokino I don't feel too lucky usually. I mean it's like you No know, exactly. It's, it's... But, Not um, after you know about a half
1: hour <laughs> to an hour, <laughs> right,
0: right? But that's great. Well, um, anything else you can tell us about some food traditions in Italy or Italian American that you know we think might be interesting? I mean, I think we covered a lot here, and it's it when is it, so fascinating.
1: Yeah, when it when it comes to Italian Americans, I think we we the the main thing is the seven fish, and something funny, something very interesting about this is that the seven fish tradition has always been big in the Italian American culture, but I feel like in recent times, it's starting to spread to to non-Italian Americans. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, in, in these restaurants that are not Italian at all, um, you know, they say, we're doing a, a seven fish dinner for Christmas Eve, where, you you know, you talk to people that aren't of Italian origins, and, they, you know, I say, where do you have a Christmas Eve? They say, oh, we have fish. We try to do the seven fish, blah, blah, blah. So my point is that it's becoming more and more American, mm-hmm. um, it's being recognized by a lot of other people, kind of like the panettone is becoming more international, um, where you could find really anywhere, um, and and many people in different cultures have it as well. So I find that that quite interesting. But when it comes to food, I notice that many Italian Americans are very interested in how traditions are done in Italy and what are specifically eaten in Italy, especially from their region, their you know the region from which their family came. And they try and mimic that here. So, they're, Italian-Americans tend to be very curious about about those specific traditions. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you then, what uh, what are you going to be doing this year? Are you going to host it at your house? Are you going to a family's house? Are you going to bring yeah. a panettone and a bottle of spumante? Oh, or- uh, well,
1: panettone <laughs> is definitely going to be there. Uh, spumante will be there. Um, I'm not a big, believe it or not, spumante fan because of um, it's. It's, of the fact it's sweet. I prefer more of a dry wine. Yeah. Um, unless I'm eating the panettone, then I don't mind drinking the spumante because sweet would sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, typically I'll, I'll be with family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some family in Florida, so I'm not sure if I'm going to make my way down to Florida. Most of my family is here in the Northeast.
0: Okay. Well, Um, if you're down in Florida, look me up. You know, maybe we'll go go for a spumante. uh, um. Absolutely um so how about some like italian just to kind of close things off here how how about just some italian phrases that we can use around the holidays to wish people well i mean do you, they say sure. i mean buon natale i guess is the is the one but do they do they start to are they also going this politically correct direction where you'd see you'd say uh, happy holidays or buona feste yeah. or uh...
1: great question so buon natale of course merry christmas buona vigilia um, you know, happy, uh, Christmas and Merry Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. Um Buone Feste, happy holidays. Um, but I feel like Buone Feste has always been used in Italy before the political correctness. Okay. Um, and Buone Feste could be used for any, any holiday Italy. There's so many different holidays when it comes right. to, <laughs> okay. especially like, you know, the, the, for the, right. the, um, the name, the Saint names day, you know, they Buone Feste or even when you know Christmas or, or even, uh, um Easter, Bonafeste. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, I think that was around before the political correctness. Okay. Um and then we have also for New Year's we have a Bon Capodanno or just Bonanno mm-hmm. um Bone Cos you know um, stuff like that
0: yeah great well thanks um all right well that was a really good uh lesson there in the italian uh and italian american you know food traditions associated with christmas and the holidays so appreciate your time as always and you know the the pearls of wisdom and and always a little interesting story behind everything so um thank you we'll definitely do it again Absolutely. And, uh, until then, uh, buona feste a te.
1: Buona feste anche a te. Buon Natale a tutti. <laughs> Grazie. Ciao, Roberto. Grazie. Ciao. Ciao ciao. Oh. ciao. ciao.
0: Well, that's it for today's episode. Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao